<laughs> Hebrews 11 is known as the faith chapter. The people listed in it definitely lived in a, vol- a volatile and uncertain times. Some of the people listed in the chapter received a portion of what, was prom- of what God promised. Abraham received Isaac, but he didn't see Jacob's 13 sons that would start the descendants too many to count. He also was in a land that was promised to him, but that he was a stranger in. He knew that his descendants would own it someday, but he also didn't own it currently. So that was another one of those promises. All these people, in Hebrews 11:39 says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. Part of what made them heroes of faith was that they kept their eyes on what God had promised, not on their earthly circumstances. Understanding in uncertainty. Living in an uncertain world seems easy enough for us to understand. Not many people could live through the past year without feeling uncertainty. I know that with all the job changes that I've had and searches that I've done, um, that I've experienced uncertainty even (laughs) pre-COVID. There's so much that we don't know. Some of us have to worry about how we're paying our next bill. Some of us have to worry about our health. Some of us face uncertainty in relationships. We just don't know a good bit of what goes on around us. So how do we, especially us anxious warriors, live with uncertainty? I had a friend ask me that a couple months ago. My response was, I'm supposed to preach on that in a couple months, so hopefully I'll know by then. (laughs) I'll be up front. Understanding isn't going to take away the uncertainty. It isn't a way to heal, fight, or remove the uncertainty. But it is how we cope. I don't know how people live uh, and deal with uncertainty in a healthy way that it uh, doesn't include Jesus. Because he is how I get through my days. Every day. I'm dependent on him. So if I were to think of how I deal with uncertainty, I couldn't separate it from Jesus. So if you don't understand Jesus right now, some of you might feel like you just don't quite understand the concept of Jesus. I still want you to listen in. Because perhaps there's something that can help. Listening is a part of understanding. It is hard to understand where someone is coming from without listening to them. Yesterday, I was playing a game called Danger Word, and I had to get my teammate to guess the word listen, without her guessing the word hear. I was only allowed one word clues between her guesses. It took two, ear and comprehension. Especially 
in relationships, there are a lot of, are you listening to me? Yeah, I hear you. What did you say? <laughs> listening involves the desire to learn from the person that is speaking about their life, their beliefs, their opinions and experiences. And for some, we are learning from the person's expertise. I saw the picture that's up there um, on Facebook a while back while I was early in my sermon prep. And it is true. Listening requires that we get used to saying, thanks for teaching me. Technically that one's not up there. But thanks for correcting me, I didn't realize it. I hadn't thought of it like that. I understand now. I was wrong about that and I've changed my mind. Or I should do more research on that before I argued this point. Get used to saying, <laughs> I don't know. Let me learn from you. In 2 Corinthians 11, 2 through 4 and 12 through 15, it says, For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So when one is listening uh, to learn, they're going to hear a lot of different views and opinions. They're gonna, um, there will be many. And Paul here is talking to people um, about people who are uh, claiming apostleship and teaching the people of Corinth that they needed more to be saved than Paul had shared with them. They were putting rules on the Corinthians from the Jewish laws. Paul talks about how he wants to protect the Corinthians from false <laughs> teachers. That's that jealousy that he was talking about, the I don't want you to be led astray. It was his protection. For a lack of a better terminology, his mama bear instinct. That's mine. I'm taking care of it. Don't touch. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just share a few truths with you. And I'm going to repeat them so that you, if you're taking notes, <laughs> can jot them down. They're short. Jesus is God. 
pretty easy. Jesus is God. God is love. Jesus was crucified and rose three days later. And we need Jesus. Paul talks in the Corinthians about how he specifically chose to only know and teach Christ and Christ crucified while he was with the people of Corinth. He kept it simple. So then there are these people come claiming to be better than Paul and telling people that they need to be circumcised and abstain from certain foods and basically become Jewish. The Corinthians listened to them and accepted it as truth. Paul came at them to say it wasn't the same thing he taught, that they accepted and that they had had fruit from. They needed to discern. They needed to know the truth, which we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And then we can look for little truths in what we hear. Satan likes to twist truths. Um, one of the th that's one of the ways that he deceives us is by twisting it a little bit. I find it interesting learning about different religions. Yep, I like to learn about different religions. In part, because I like to see the truth that lies within that has been twisted into something else. It fascinates me. So one needs to listen and have discernment to be able to have the kind of understanding that can cope with uncertainty. It also involves empathy. To be able to see someone else's point of view. <clears throat> to put yourself in their shoes, so to speak. Look only at the picture here. Who's right? They both are. And if the person who sees the nine can put themselves in the shoes of the person seeing the six without moving. That person can see that the person saying it is a six isn't necessarily wrong. They might even be right. Empathy is more than being able to see that a nine or a six could be mixed up, right? It's more than that. It involves being able to say this person is going through X, Y, Z, and it creates ABC feelings and emotions and turmoil. And that is where this reaction is coming from. It involves noticing that certain topics hit someone wrong. They seem to be hurt or angered by them, so you don't bring them up. Or perhaps you know them well enough to know why those subjects are sensitive topics for them, and you would be able to see why that would be the case. If understanding were only a matter of listening with discernment and empathy, I don't know how well I could cope with uncertainty of the world, though. So, in... Oh, 
I didn't put the uh, Bible text on it. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4. The verse I don't know. It says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but never... Uh, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them, and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last. Listening with discernment and empathy helps us be able to see God at work signs. I don't know how many of you remember I don't even know that I was here in the building when my dad used that sermon illustration of God at work signs because the road was being worked on. And he was using that. Uh, but I remember that analogy. <laughs> it can change your perspective to God's perspective. There's a song that I like a lot. Um, I didn't put the uh, lyrics here, but if you would like to listen to it later, I will tell you what it is. It's called Battle Belongs. It's by Phil Wickham. And it starts out, I see my battle, you see my victory. I see a mountain, you see the mountain move. And I listened to that and I went, that, that is understanding. Knowing that in uncertain times, we could be seeing struggles or like the waves, so to speak. But that we also know that Jesus is standing on them. I have a friend from college that posted this a day or two ago. She has four kids and her husband, her husband got COVID and then she did just a few days later. So both parents were out and she's been recovering from that and seeing things that need to be done that hadn't gotten done. And she wrote, perspective matters. When I was in design school, we spent lots of time exploring perspective. 2D versus 3D, worm's eye view versus bird's eye view, macro versus micro, etc. Each perspective captured a unique way of seeing something, though often a certain viewpoint of an object would capture a more desirable, robust, realistic portrayal of that object and create a more meaningful experience for the viewer. A couple nights ago, I was walking our property and watching the sunset. I captured these two images on my phone, standing 
in the exact same spot. Looking down shows weathered brown, dis uh, disheveled grass, badly in need of mowing. Looking up shows a beautiful sunset with radiant colors and light and just a peak of the moon showing through. One perspective was breathtaking and one caused discouragement from looming unfinished yard work. I was deeply challenged by this visual reminder. I often get my eyes so stuck on what is temporary that looks about as lovely as dead grass. Kids' clothes are, that are outgrown too quickly. Food choices that have recently slid more toward convenient than healthy. Money that doesn't grow on trees. And bodies that are hindered by illness. But Jesus offers us so much more. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we receive peace in our chaos. Hope that sustains grace through our weakness, it says, and rest for a weary soul. When we study his word, we receive joy, wisdom, and encouragement to keep pressing on through the temporary in pursuit of the eternal. When I read her words, I thought that is exactly what I feel like I'm supposed to be talking about with understanding in the, with uncertainty. And I asked her, can I use it? And she said, yes. So I took the pictures and made them into one and <laughs> showed them around. Her words are eloquent and they're to the point. We need to have God's perspective, focus our attention on God and see where he's working and how he's working. The sermon in a sentence is uncertainty calls for understanding that involves listening, discernment, empathy, and godly perspective. So do you listen to, uh, to learn from people that think differently than you? Do you know what the truth is so that you can discern the truths from the false? Do you have the ability to truly see from someone else's point of view? Do you use that ability if you have it? Are you focused on God at work signs? Are you looking towards the eternal? Or are you looking at the dried up grass? Lord, we want to learn from you. Let us know you in such a way that we can listen and learn and discern and understand where other people are coming from. and letting them be there until you're ready to move them out. Lord, help us have your perspective. We can't understand your thinking. It's vastly too vast for us. 
but we ask that you show us glimpses of this is what I'm doing, or this is why I'm doing it. Lord, we live in uncertain times. We live in a volatile world, in an uncertain world. <clears throat> Give us our vision for what you want to do with us and through us. And give us understanding. Amen. <coughs> I want to thank you for uh, connecting with us, uh, either online or on site, being a part of the, our time of worship. If you have not already done so, I encourage you to join the Champions of Hope Facebook group if you can. Uh, it's a great way to get uh, <coughs> unique content and make connections with other folks in our congregation uh, that are trying to work with Jesus to infuse hope with, yes, infuse others with the hope of Jesus. Wow. Ever have your brain go way faster than your mouth? And then there's a time when your mouth goes way faster than your brain, both of which can be very embarrassing. Well, you know why that's embarrassing? Because we're broken. We are broken people living in a broken world filled with more broken people. Um, everybody who acts like they have their act together, whether they're in the church or out of the church, is really broken. Oh, that was judgmental, I'm sorry. Or true, whichever way you want. Okay. Jesus came to seek heal our brokenness. I, if you ever want to know, what do I have to tell somebody? You heard it this morning. The simple gospel. Jesus is God. God is love. Jesus died and rose on the third day. We need Jesus. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the good news. And Jesus sends us out with confidence in his promises, confidence in who he is and what he's done. He sends us to tell the world that his work to restore, about his work to restore every single one of us the Holy Spirit leads us out to introduce others to his transforming grace. But we do not go out alone. You and I are sent in the love and power of the Holy Spirit. And we go with Jesus. You and I are sent. Go. Go.